Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Gossip at the Corpse Cart. They made love. They made gossip at the corpse car. They also at the corpse car. There was something about thing about that. Uh, anyway, where we talk about there's something about that. Oh, I keep Morrison Six years late. (laughs) (laughs) Never too late. Mm Anyway, guys, about the corpse car, we talk about some uh, some current events, some mm-hmm. current things to be ashamed of. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some Always. great obituaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Lucy. Oh, I'm Kenyon. I'm Amanda. Oh, uh, Amanda. The thing about Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> you would be Pam. Oh my God! A hundred. My big gulp. Your big gulp. (laughs) Never without my big gulp. (laughs) Not without my big gulp. Your husband being saved by an Arby's receipt. Thousand percent. (laughs) Thousand percent. Well, let's just kick it off with some crazy headlines from Amanda. I I have a theme. (gasps) Is it animals? Um, Is it poop? It's usually um, animals. There are animals, but almost... Everything we're talking about today is from Minnesota. <gasps> what? The majority of my headlines. <gasps> I know. Plan that? No. Oh. I didn't plan it. This first one is the most. I can't. There's a line in here that's going to make you fucking lose your shit (laughs) this was sent to me by my friend anna thank you so much for sending this my way because it's just so amazing okay the headline in and of itself is not the gold here it's the body of the text it's the interviews okay so here we go Celebration rings. Minnesotan reunited with jewelry 13 years after flushing it. Flushing it? (laughs) On purpose? No. I don't care what that jewelry is. (laughs) Uh, If it's been sitting in sewage water for 13 years. I flushed my retainer one time after I barfed it out. I just added a photo of her triumphantly holding the ring up in front of everyone at like a press conference. Triumphantly. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Yeah. I got to navigate over to the right folder. I, yeah. I've only had one cup of coffee today. I'm oh, not girl. ready. I feel you. I feel you. Oh, this- she looks like a sweet English teacher. She's basically that. So. Mary Strand hadn't thought much about her diamond ring after she accidentally flushed it down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Hadn't thought much. <laughs> it's I a mean, nice ring, too. 13 yeah. years. I mean, yeah. she probably thought a lot about it for a few months. She had let it go. 
I think about lost things quite a lot. Personally. I don't because I have ADHD and once they're out of sight, they don't exist. Which is why it's I so easy for me to them. give like clothes and stuff away because mm-hmm. as soon as it's out of my house, mm-hmm. I, I can't grieve it. it. That yeah. is not me. That is mm. not me. Well, <laughs> now 13 years later, she and the ring are reunited. I couldn't believe it. It was very exciting. I'm just glad to have it back, Strand told reporters at a press conference today. Yeah. Over a decade ago, the ring, which was a gift from Mary's husband, David, for their 33rd wedding anniversary, was flushed away. Since the Strands own a drain cleaning business, they attempted to rescue Mary's jewelry the same day she lost it. Quote, they put the camera down the line and they couldn't see anything, Mary said. Mm. After checking over 200 feet of pipe, the ring was nowhere to be found. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) They laid some pipe. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Last March, the ring was found at the wastewater treatment plant in Rogers, Minnesota, less than a thousand feet from the Strands house. They live a thousand feet from the wastewater treatment. Oh, it's good. It's good. It if we're in the drain cleaning business. It sure. Yeah. They, uh, they love drain cleaning so much. They, <laughs> they live, live here, here now. now. <laughs> <laughs> they first learned of the ring's discovery from their daughter, who had read it in the news. <gasps> Get ready. <laughs> we were at a meat raffle. Mary oh! recalled. <laughs> No, no. What are the dang chances? <laughs> and my dad called me and said, Mom, you're never going to believe. <laughs> I think for Amanda's funeral, we should oh, have meat a meat theme? raffle theme. Thousand yeah, percent agree. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent. <laughs> After two jewelers assessed that it was a likely match to the one Mary lost over a decade ago, she was able to reunite with the ring. While its journey to the wastewater treatment plant is uncertain, maintenance manager Jan Tierney is glad this is the outcome. (laughs) This is the best of my expectations, Tierney said. People who genuinely had a love for each other and accidentally lost that ring and then it was found and delivered, that was the ideal story. Oh, what a love story. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pulled that ring right out of the shitter. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Watch it off. This R- is rinse Mar- it off. Gave a good rinse. <laughs> no. good, good rinse. You're not you're not far off. This is totally Mary's brand. It isn't the first time Mary Strand has lost a ring, though. Oh, Mary. Well, one time my mom gave me a gold band. I used to smoke and I was driving down 35W and I threw the cigarette out the window and there went the ring. This is the most Minnesotan thing that ever was. I know. I can't believe it's real. This, it's peak, peak Minnesota. So 39W. 35W, I threw a cigarette out the window and there went the ring. Back when I smoked. Back, Back when, when I, I smoked. Oh, the good old days, Mary. <laughs> good old days. She loved to smoke, her, to smoke on a good thresher ride. 
must have been smoking and dreaming. Smoking and dreaming. This is scratching an itch I didn't even know I had. It's yeah, so babe. fucking beautiful. <laughs> Her husband, David, pointed out that losing things is a recurrent theme in their household. <laughs> no shit. Quote, before we came here, she was looking for her glasses, David chuckled. <laughs> David putting her on blast. Oh, yeah. David's having a laugh. It seemed oh, that, that's jokes. That's jokes. It seemed that Mary takes it all in stride. Quote, my whole life is a comedy show, Mary said with a smile. I swear, sometimes I think their camera's following me. <laughs> Mary plans to have the diamonds refitted and the ring resized. No, there's, it's just at the end of the day, it's just a rock. Right. And you don't have to keep it. It's been sitting in sewage. Well, yeah, for but over she got a, a great decade. She got a great deal on it, so that's not the Minnesota way, you Maybe. know. <laughs> How did it get down the toilet Pawn in the first it. place? I don't know. The pawn and shop doesn't need to know the history, the backstory. <laughs> Sell it. Get yourself a clean one. I'd keep it. I'd absolutely keep it. I I'd wholeheartedly it. disagree with Kenyon's outlook on this. <laughs> wow. My whole life is a cavity show. Oh. <laughs> she couldn't find her glasses before we came here. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's so fucking good. I'm so obsessed the with it. meat raffle. I was at a meat raffle. Did you oh. audibly gasp when you yes. read that part? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I opened it this early this morning. I was just laying in bed, like finalizing my headlines. Starting and, your headlines. Uh, <laughs> or, starting mostly starting my headlines. <laughs> and I I was so shook that I woke up Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Babe. I Babe. couldn't believe it. I didn't I didn't intentionally wake him up. My reactions woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay oh my god. so this next headline also out of minnesota and because it's hot girl summer <gasps> we're combining two worlds video shows pigs on the loose after semi crashes at i-694 and 35e oh no oh no out of St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> a number of Twin Cities drivers had their morning commute delayed due to pigs on the freeway. Oh, my God. The pigs are so cute. Hold on. Let me make, take a screenshot. Oh, my God. Pigs are so cute. I really need to stop eating pork. They're uh, no. so cute and sweet. No. The cuter the animal, the you better it tastes. You have to work tastes. on your octopus thing before you... Okay. Go with pork. Well, octopus are really delicious, though. They're really smart. <laughs> Hold on. I'm waiting they're for... They're really smart. Oh, my <laughs> God. They're just scurrying across the highway. Oh, those are some big hogs. Oh, yeah. I can big eat boys. that. Little pinkies. Can't God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat that. Oh, they're filthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're happy. They're happier than pigs oh, and shit. They're happier than pigs in a ring box. That's probably like road rash. They're not that happy. No, they're fine. Look at their little butts. Hold on. I have a butt photo coming at you. It's so cute. They're little butts. Ah! 
<laughs> oh, I'm verklempt. I can't. The little pig butts. Big pig butts drive They're me nuts. so cute. Oh Truck nuts and pig butts. They're so pink. They're so pink, those little They're butts. butt cheeks. I have so fully hungry. formed <laughs> butt cheeks. I have so they have little They're human so butt cheeks. Sw- they really do. Uh, <laughs> no wonder they use pigs and yeah. place of human bodies for testing. Oh. Mm-hmm. God bless mm-hmm. them. Around mm-hmm. 8 a.m., a semi hollowed a trailer full of pigs overturned in Little Canada, stopping <laughs> eastbound traffic on Interstate 694. Some of the pigs died. Yeah, wow. no shit. <laughs> That's not dirt. I, well, some of it's dirt. It's and those that dirt. did survive made their way onto the interstate. Ugh. Luckily, no people were hurt in the crash. Mm-hmm. The common reaction from drivers who were heading eastbound on I-694 Friday morning after uh, often matched that of Ethan Knox. Oh, wow, really? I don't know who Ethan Knox is. This must be a Minnesota reference that I just don't get. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Don't get email us. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> Many knew that there was a crash near 35E, but they didn't know why. Asked if he'd ever been delayed because of livestock on the loose. Oh, okay. Knox is someone they interviewed. This is just okay. poorly written. Okay. Knox said, no, it's kind of a shack. <laughs> no, never. First time I've lived here for 27 years, said another driver. Minnesotans Minis- absolutely love to mention how, how long, long they've, they've lived, lived in a there. particular area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the one thing we have in common with people who live in New York City. Yep. Love to tell you how long we've lived there. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota State Patrol said the semi-trailer full of 50 pigs was the only vehicle involved in the rollover. Unfortunately, 10 of the pigs were tragically lost, but those that didn't had time to roam a small part of I-694. <laughs> the Minnesota Department of Transportation's traffic cameras captured some of the chaos that I then screenshotted and screamed and uploaded <laughs> to the drive, which will be on the black. <laughs> That's not good, Uber driver Horatius Thomas said. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. That's, That's not good. That's not good. Thomas had to take a detour to get around the accident. Due to backed up traffic, he had to tell someone he was picking up that he was going to be late. Wow. Oh. Tragedy. <laughs> yes, I had to do that, and I had to get off because I was just burning gas and being in traffic. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. The scene was cleared by lunchtime, and the state patrol is investigating what caused the rollover. Oh, R.I.P. to the 10 brave piglers <laughs> that just didn't quite make it. Oh, I know, poor things. Well, they were all on their way to not make it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's really more our loss as the consumer. God. (laughs) Lost out on that good, good fat back. Oh, my. (laughs) Well, it would have been a little tough after their ordeal. All the vegetarians and vegans right now are like appalled at our callousness. Uh, We're also appalled at our own callousness. This was the final straw. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, you made it this far. (laughs) Okay, this next one, Kenyon sent me, but a lot of other people also sent me. And it's sus, and I can't wait for you to assess the photo. Mm -hmm. China Zoo denies allegations that (laughs) star attraction is just a man (laughs) in a sun bear costume. I've seen it. The wrinkly butt. (laughs) It's a bear. Sun bears look so fucking weird. I don't know. But it also super looks like a man in an outfit. That looks loose. 
Yeah, but they are normally not standing on their back legs. But which is also sus. Oh. It's barely a believable sight. <laughs> in a video that has gone viral, a black colored bear at, at a zoo in China can be seen standing on its two hind legs on the precipice of a rock feature it's and so interacting with tourists by waving its paws. <laughs> it's a human. I'm sorry. Full stop. It's Done. Not. It is man bear pig. He's real. <laughs> it's a pig in an outfit. <laughs> However, there's apparently more than meets the eye at the sun bear exhibit at the Hangzhou Zoo, which is reportedly a popular tourist attraction. The netizen who posted the video <laughs> is convinced that the talented bear is actually a human in a costume. I agree. <laughs> The zoo on Saturday denied the charge. The charge? <laughs> a, I don't think that's a charge. I think Fraud. it is because Chinese zoos have done this shit before. Oh, God. Adding that the temperature on the day the video was taken was 40 degrees Celsius and a person wearing a suit would not be able to tolerate the heat. Okay. <laughs> or you just whisked them away before they passed out. Oh, my God. Despite this, some people continue to believe that the black bear was a human in a costume. <laughs> they pointed out to the they pointed to the bear's human-like movements while standing and waving, and also what appeared to be pants-like folds around its <laughs> rear when standing. The folds loops. The folds are shocking. <laughs> They're fucking shocking. Like <laughs> this looks like. Bill with no butt, <laughs> pants too big. Yeah, it does. It looks a lot like Bill, actually. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that you said it. Yeah, and I didn't have like, to. Yeah. I've been holding that in for. Why do you think I've been so quiet? Exactly. <laughs> this is like exactly Bill's body type. Yeah. Is this this moon bear? Interacting the fuck it's with called. guests by waving, waving <laughs> silently, waving. Unbelievable. Commenters on the article were equally doubtful. Its posture is more upright than humans, said one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the posture is very good. Very straight back. Mm -hmm. Another claimed bears four limbs cannot be spread out to the sides. This is undoubtedly a human being. We're getting scientific up in here. I love when From people netizens. on the internet yeah, just get really knowledgeable Invested. about niche shit all of a sudden about yep. bears stances mm -hmm. yeah one user commented on a video of the attraction that the bear quote looks like it's wearing a leather jacket <laughs> which is true it kind of looks is like the fawns this is not the first time a it's zoo in china cigarettes on its the sleeves <laughs> rolled into its sleeve rolled into its fur <laughs> china has grabbed the headlines for eyebrow raising exhibits as lucy said <laughs> In 2019, Yangsheng Wild Animal World, a city in eastern China's Jiangsu province, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this well, but I'm trying my best, sparked <laughs> controversy after asking its workers to dress as gorillas. <laughs> the bizarre sight of two zookeepers jumping around the gorilla enclosure in full body costumes was spotted by a parent. <laughs> the zoo defended itself, saying that the human gorillas were a special program designed to entertain tourists on April Fool's Day. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, sure, all of guys. China celebrates April Fool's Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal in China. Yeah. Huge deal. Huge deal. <laughs> In 2013, CNN reported that a zoo in Luau Henan tried to pass off a large hairy dog as a lion. <laughs> That's incredible. Josie could totally do it. She could pass as a lion cub. She's for got sure. the coloring. If yeah. you added a mane to her, I would I don't never think know the difference. Would question it. Seriously, totally. amazing. No. <laughs> a visitor told Beijing Youth Daily that when she and her son approached the cage marked African Lion, they were greeted not by a mighty roar, but a bar. <laughs> <laughs> the furry beast turned out to be woof, a, woof. <laughs> a Tibetan Mastiff. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so good. <laughs> Other animals in the park were similarly mislabeled with another dog in the wolf cage and a white labeled. And a white fox on display in the leopard enclosure. You guys, <laughs> get it together. Oh, oh my god. god. This is too fucking funny. I can't. I cannot. All right. So that's hilarious. I'm obsessed. That bear is definitely a person in a costume. <laughs> I have one more thing to read you that is not a news article, but it is absolutely unhinged. And my friend Shelby sent this to me on Instagram. And it's such a wild ride that I had to read it to you. So this is from user Sixth Form Poet. I don't know. Your usernames are wild. Okay. <laughs> He says, my dad died. Classic start to a funny story. <laughs> this person is very fitting for our podcast. Yep. yep. Dead dad club. Dead dad club. He was buried in a small village in Sussex. So this is in the UK. I was really close to my dad, so I visited his grave a lot. I still do. Don't worry. It gets funnier. <laughs> I always took flowers and my mom visited a lot and she always took flowers and my grandparents when they were still alive and they visited they always took flowers my dad's grave frequently resembled a solid third place at the Chelsea flower show mm. nice but I felt bad for the guy buried next to my dad he never had flowers he died on Christmas day age 37 no one left him flowers, and now there's a pop-up florist in the grave next door. So I started buying him flowers. I started buying flowers for a deceased man I'd never met. Mm -hmm. I did this for quite some time, but I never mentioned it to anyone. It was a little private joke with myself. I was making the world a better place, one bunch of flowers at a time. I know it sounds weird, but I came to think of him as a friend. I wondered if there was a hidden connection between us, something secretly drawing me to him. Maybe we went to the same school, played for the same football club, or whatever. So I googled his name, and ten seconds later, I found him. <laughs> his wife didn't leave him flowers because he'd murdered her on oh! Christmas Day! <laughs> on Christmas! On Christmas! <laughs> After he murdered his wife, he murdered her parents, too. Oh, my God. And after that, he jumped in front of the only train going through Balcom Tunnel at that Christmas night. So he died by suicide. <laughs> so could, yeah, Whoa. by suicide and could have put a lot more people at risk, at risk. too. Yep. Who buried that, him? 
That was why no one ever left him flowers. Yeah. No one except me, of course. <laughs> I left him flowers. Somebody probably thought it was a sick joke. <laughs> I left him flowers every couple of weeks. Every couple of weeks for two and a half years. No. <laughs> you guys, it gets crazier. No. There's more. How? I felt terrible for his wife and her parents. Now, I wasn't going to leave them flowers every couple of weeks for two and a half years, but I did feel like I owed them some sort of apology. I found out where they were buried, bought flowers, and drove to the cemetery. As I was standing at their graves, mumbling oh apologies, a woman appeared behind me. Oh my God. She wanted to know who I was and why I was leaving flowers for her aunt and grandparents. Awkward! Oh my God. Oh my God. Surviving family member. I explained, and she said, okay, that's weird, but quite sweet. I said, thanks. Yes, it is a bit weird. And oh, God, I asked her out for a drink. <laughs> Incredibly, she said yes. Two years later, she said yes again when I asked her to marry me because that's how I met my wife. Oh, it was my God. It was meant to be. Oh. It was meant to be, you guys. Oh, okay. Talk about a meet cute. <laughs> Can you believe? me? That, this kind of shit is what makes me feel like we don't have free will. Like, what are the fucking we chances? Don't. <laughs> I don't Everything think we is do. an algorithm them you guys oh, yeah straight up anyway <laughs> those are my headlines this month i oh. just had to read that story it's so unfucking believable i love it <gasps> wow I'm obsessed. how i met your mother how i met <laughs> well my dad died oh i never <laughs> i never had the patience for that premise can you, can you believe so no annoying. no i can't that show is so fucking stupid Oh, the show. Yeah, no. no, no. Can't. Mm-mm. Cannot. Boo. Next. Boo, next. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, if you have. It was meant to be. Meant to fucking. I can't believe it. <laughs> if what it turns out chances? not to be real, I'm going to fucking burn this whole goddamn place down. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I can't survive that. Yeah. I need, I need. Need that I to need. be real. Oh my God. Oh my. Anyway, those are my headlines. And if you have submissions, you can head to our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com and under contact us, there's a drop down menu for funny headlines. Pop them there. Send them on. Pop them there. Thank you so much. Pop them there. Pop them there. <laughs> Flush them down. I was meat raffle. Flush them down that tube and I'll find it in 13 years. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give it a good rinse. All right, let's uh, give our brains a good rinse with a sponsor break and then get to the coven confessions. Yes. <laughs> well, it is still hog girl summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, one summer getaway that I am looking forward to, I'm actually packing for it right now, is Amanda's wedding Woo! in two days as we record this. Mm-hmm. So excited. But the flip side is that uh, I know I'm a little bit stressed out just mm-hmm. planning and packing to be a guest at your wedding. I imagine uh-huh. you're pretty stressed out as the bride. <laughs> yep. Well, there's one thing that can help you de-stress or just, you know, keep your sleep schedule on track this summer, mm-hmm. and it's CBD from Next Evo. Y'all, I have the first thing I packed. <laughs> 
was my next Evo, my sleep gummies and my stress gummies. And I gave some sleep gummies to my future mother-in-law because mm. we're both a little concerned that we will be anxious like the night before Yeah, you don't want those the puffy eyes. Yeah, and not be able to get to sleep. And I was like, girl, I got you. This is my like not so secret weapon because we tell everyone mm-hmm. I'm like a next Evo proselytizer. But I'm so excited to have this in my pocket to help me out. I'm pumped. And what I love the most about Next Evo CBD products is that a recent lab study found that most of the top CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels claim. Mm-mm. They contain, so you're just not getting what you pay for. You're flushing money down the toilet. But it's next like one of Evo, those bags of chips that's yes, like 40% air. air. You don't oh, want that. Oh, it's so frustrating. No, 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 no. But Next Evo tests their products multiple times to ensure that you get 100% of what's on the label. They do their research as demonstrated by four clinical trials. No other CBD brand comes close. And truly, this is one of the only products that I reach for to help me with my sleep. It's like unbelievable and it helps me fall asleep faster and also stay asleep throughout the night i i'm obsessed with it i love it every single night of my life (laughs) and next evo just has you covered for better sleep and wellness this summer and beyond because those cbd stress complex gummies i like to take those during the day and they are clinically proven to reduce stress up to 70 percent with no prescription needed and then like i keep saying that triple action cbd sleep it calms your mind hi i have adhd i need a little bit of mind calming toward the end of the day with that fast absorbing cbd and then both fast acting and controlled release melatonin to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Mm -hmm. So leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, to get 25% off plus a free bottle of premium pure CBD, a $50 value, limit one use per customer. That's nextevo.com slash gals and treat your summer. Treat it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, some Coven Confessions. I have no idea if there's a theme. I pulled these months ago. Love it. <laughs> so we'll just see what we've got. No clue. All right. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> Quote, hello, I'd like to tell you about the time I almost burned down my office building because I was too distracted by listening to your podcast. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope you guys are having a fantastic day because my day, I'm not really, my back went out, but it's fine because my day has been nothing but a shit show. <laughs> it was rhetorical. <laughs> Let me tell you uh, some other shit about my day. My AC's out, my back okay. is out. Okay. <laughs> so to explain okay. what happened, I have to say that I listen to your podcast literally every single day that I'm at work. And it's honestly the only reason I haven't lost my mind in that tiny little cubicle around no one because fucking COVID. Mm. So thank you. Anyways, getting to the almost burning down my office building. I work at a mortgage firm, one that shall not be named. And right now they're flip flopping between being very, very busy and then having nothing to do. Okay. Day to day. Okay. This particular day, it started out incredibly busy with hours of phone calls to lawyers and emails back and forth to morons who don't know how to do their jobs. So finally, when I was able to take my break at around 3 p.m., I was tired, hungry and needed a break. So I plugged in my headphones and put on your podcast to wind down. Now, while I was listening to your podcast, I was planning on having ramen noodles for lunch. 
Good call. It's one of those things where you put the water in the packet and the spices. Yeah, we know what ramen noodles is. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was so tired, I mindlessly didn't do any of that. (laughs) And read all the instructions they left. (laughs) Should I read it? Yes. I was planning on having ramen noodles for lunch. Exotic Exotic fare. That is one of those ones where you put water in and the packet things of spices and add them together in this plastic bowl. End quote. Because I was so tired, I mindlessly didn't do any of that. Instead, just placed the dry noodles in the damn microwave with a metal fucking spoon. <gasps> honey, honey. No. Put the microwave oh. on high for a minutes. chick started minutes, the fire. Babe. And walked babe, away no. to a far table in the break room. Oh, babe. no. <laughs> That's... That is arson. No. That's what that is. That sounds soups intentional. Before I knew it, there was smoke covering the whole floor and the microwave was on fire. Yeah. I ran to it and poured the remainder of my iced coffee that I had. My flammable iced coffee. Which put it out mostly, but not completely. So again, I ran to the sink and continuously kept putting water on the fire. Like, from the sink like I'm imagining like with their hands (laughs) and just when I thought it was completely extinguished the fire alarm went off oh my god (laughs) I panicked and grabbed my burnt melted plastic noodles threw it in a trash bag and cartoonishly ran down six flights of stairs where I proceeded to try to hide the smoking trash bag that was in my hand as people were (laughs) Leaving the building. Sounds like when my dorm got on fire. (laughs) Ryan started the fire. (laughs) I eventually got down to the main lobby and snuck past the guard who was telling people where to go and ran down to the basement and threw the still smoking trash bag in the dumpster. They they almost started a dumpster fire in addition (laughs) to the microwave fire. No. There's been another attack. There's been a fire. (laughs) I quickly ran back up the main lobby and walked out with my coworkers, pretending to be confused and worried with everyone else, (laughs) as if I wasn't the one who caused the whole mess in the first place. Seven fire trucks came barreling down the street, full geared up firefighters in tow, and run straight up the stairs with masks and everything. Three exclamation points. (laughs) Yeah, honey, there was a fucking fire. (laughs) yeah four days go by after that shit show and i thought i put all of this behind me and got (laughs) away with nobody knowing it was me who almost burned the whole damn building down that is until i got a call from hr (laughs) (laughs) telling me to come to their office because they needed to discuss an incident that happened 
no, 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 no. Scared for my job. I had tears in my eyes and was shaking all over. I made my way down to HR. As I got closer to the office, I could hear hysterical laughter. (laughs) They're trolling her. She thinks she's going to get fired and they're just straight up trolling. (laughs) And when I went in, I could see all of HR huddling in a circle by a computer (laughs) watching the whole thing. On CCTV footage. <laughs> I had forgotten that there were cameras all over the building. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the episode of The Office where Michael falls in the koi pot. Totally. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't lose my job, and instead I was told by one of the HR people that I made their whole year. And, and they- now we're married. <laughs> so funny before i hope this made your day as you guys have always made mine sure did <laughs> oh my i'm fucking crying the image the HR of huddling, HR huddling and laughing in a circle laughing at the cct and the iced coffee <laughs> and i could so like imagine that feeling of like oh i'm gonna get fired and yeah. being so afraid as you walk toward hr and hear the fucking cackling (laughs) oh my god that is so good okay I love that next one quote (laughs) this one starts starts at an 11 (laughs) my ex-boyfriend liked to ask to put everything in sight up my vagina as a joke although um, I'm pretty sure this was a kink of his (laughs) yeah we would be drinking wine and he'd suddenly say let's put this bottle up your box oh Uh, my god uh, that'd get real old real quick that'd get real infected real quick I could see this being a running joke not doing it but like saying it over and over again and having that be funny But if you actually earnestly want to do that all the time, then that is a kink. And that's fine. As long as your partner's into it. Oh, God. Yeah. As long as you fucking chill if they're super not into it. Right. Or he'd be working on a project and say, let's put this hammer up your box. Oh, my God. Box. Uh I would always respond no to these requests and laugh. But one night I was in a mood. He grabbed a bike headlight. Let's put this light in your box. Uh, okay, I oh replied. God. Oh my uh, God. He was shocked. Are you serious? He asked. Sure, yeah, why she's not? She's about to be shocked too, I think. He excitedly ran off to clean the light really well and came back to bed. Very fortunately, I have the wonderful talent to lube up naturally pretty quickly, so it didn't take long for me to become ready. Must pres- be nice. <laughs> he proceeded to put the light in my vagina and turned it on. The brightest light beamed from my vagina. I was laughing so hard. I felt like a goddess. <laughs> this queen didn't care about him anymore. I could shut my legs, darkness, open my legs, and angels sang hallelujah. <laughs> I loved my new superpower. We took it out after a bit and never did it again. I think I was more entertained than he was. He never asked to put anything else in my box again. 
But I will always remember the night I starred in my own Lady Gaga music video. <laughs> I'm speechless. You're going to do this. I felt like a goddess. <laughs> I, I want to put a flashlight in there now. Yeah. I Open, but like there be light. Close my legs, darkness. Dark. Open. <laughs> Close my legs, Oppenheimer. Open, Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay, next one. Definitely not a theme yet. <laughs> nope. Oh, boxes, actually. Things going in boxes that shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Hey, gals. I would love to tell you the story of the weirdest, grossest, and absolutely most warranted thing I've ever done. And it contains three of your favorite topics. Trash men, breast milk, and comeuppance. Oh, Amanda's (laughs) favorite, breast milk. (laughs) I hate breast milk, but I love comeuppance. (laughs) And garbage men. (laughs) Some background. I work evenings as a receptionist and don't get off work until midnight. And then I take public transit home. I also have a son who I'm still nursing. So I pump several times throughout the night and bring the milk home with me. That is a full-time job in and of itself you go Mm -hmm. well one night i'm on my way home on the train i got my headphones in my resting bitch face on i am ready for any creep i might encounter at 12 30 a.m eventually a man gets on the nearly empty train and sits in the seat directly across the aisle to my left of course he could literally pick any other seat but no this turd has chosen to sit as close to me as he can fuck I focus on my phone, but out of the corner of my eye, I see some kind of repetitive movement in his lap. No. I know what is happening, but I just have a couple more stops, so I keep staring at my phone. Sure enough, when I get up to leave, this asshole is lounged out with his pecker in the breeze, (gasps) just tugging the slug and smirking. Oh, no. I walk home feeling shaken and upset. Also, for listeners, like, this is, we've... We've been in your shoes. This happens all the time. It fucking sucks. Fucking rape culture. Fucking patriarchy bullshit. Yup. The next night I'm on the train and again, the same blowhole gets on and sits in the same spot next to me. As soon as he sits down, I get up and sit at the other end of the train. But when I leave, I see him staring at me, beating his meat on the goddamn green line. What the hell do I do? This is this is scary that this person like he was like, this is great. I can just it works the first time. Why stop? Right. I don't want to deal with useless cops in the middle of the night. I just want to get home and go to sleep. I can't afford to Uber home every night just because this asshat can't keep it in his pants. I get home and realize I have left my breast milk at work as well. So I go to bed pissed. That sucks when you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, uh, all this wasted breast milk. I spend the next day dreading the ride home. Before I leave, I pour my two days worth of milk into my empty water bottles so that I don't have to deal with a ton of little baggies. This time, I sit in the other train car and am relieved when we pull up to his station and he gets on the car I had been on before. However, when we arrive at the next station, he gets off, hustles down the platform, finds my car, and gets in. Mm. What? (laughs) Yeah, this is like the guy that we dealt with, Amanda and I dealt with in... New York. This is reading like that night. Yeah. He looks around, finds the row next to mine and gets down to business. I sit there for the next two stops feeling powerless and scared and so fucking angry. 
I stand up to get off the train and then I reach into my bag for the only weapon I have at my disposal. 29 ounces of ice cold liquid gold (laughs) and I dump it all over this douche canoe's lap. Nice. Oh my God. He makes a noise like a goat in heat and jumps up but slips on the wet ground with his (laughs) soggy dick flapping in the wind and lands on his ass. I hop off as the doors close and wave goodbye as the milk-soaked chariot rides off into the cool April night. I know it's probably assault to attack someone with your own bodily fluids, and I feel bad for whichever transit employee had to clean it up. was assaulting you for days. With his bodily fluids. Yeah. But I have no regrets. I hope he still remembers the sweet, sweet smell of my revenge next time he thinks about pulling his hairy trouser monkey out in public. That's disgusting. Oh, my. God, never meet a man. Mm -hmm. No. Hot coffee, I think, would also work. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Also, like, that is assault and also escalating behavior. And also that person needs to be in jail because clearly they're a threat to the fucking public. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you can't... I don't think you can rehabilitate that. No. No. I... I. This is like a compulsion thing. Yeah. It goes yeah. beyond. It I mean, escalates. I would, yeah, if unchecked, it definitely escalates. I would hope that there's some way to rehabilitate that behavior, but... It would uh, be an intensive form yeah. of therapy, probably. Yeah. It's Depending on what it is, good. like medication, too. Like, why they're doing that. Yeah. Maybe it's a brain... Best case scenario, it's a brain tumor. You get it out. Mm-hmm. I, anyway. You hope it's a fucking brain tumor. Mm-hmm. God. Okay, next one. A shorty, but a goodie. Oh, love. This is a prime example of, quote, I misunderstood the assignment. (laughs) In college, when I was 18, I worked at Abercrombie part-time. Okay, humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, when you were in college, you were hot. Okay. One of my coworkers was getting married, and while we weren't super close, she invited me to her lingerie bridal party. Oh, God. I w- <laughs> the way I would hate that. Oh, that's what we should have done to we you. Almost no, did that for I would you. have been so fucking mad. <laughs> would have hated that so much. Fashion show. Fashion, Fashion show. show. <laughs> Holy shit. I was excited because I was still new to the area and didn't have a lot of friends outside school. I've never been to a lingerie party nor anything bridal, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. It was winter, and I showed up at her home, and to my shock... Oh, no. No one was wearing lingerie. Wearing? Oh, (laughs) babe. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I forgot about this one. Oh, my God. I walk in all strangers except for the bride, my coworker, and everyone is looking at me funny. <laughs> the oh bride to be goes, God. "Take off your coat." But I didn't want to admit that I had nothing but lingerie on under my coat. Oh, oh no. No. This has gone so badly. I just sheepishly told them I was cold and preferred to wear my coat all night. 
<laughs> the bride started to open up her presents and lo and behold everyone had gifted her a piece of lingerie I of course showed up with no present oh my god and did you not nothing. get the email oh I got the email <laughs> I'm crying <laughs> I eventually told the party how Strapped stupid I was phone. after oh. enough wine of course and people thought I was insane. <laughs> okay, this super reminds me. No, this me. coat is the outfit, you guys. You don't get it. It's high fashion. I did something super similar. No, no you did not. What, what did you do? <laughs> My friend, I think I've told this before. My friend was having her bridal shower, her bachelorette bridal shower thing, and it mm. was with a bunch of bitches from college that I did not hang out with. Oh, they no. were all like elementary school teachers and nurses, and like four of them couldn't drink because they were on call. And like, oh, <laughs> gross. How dare you be an elementary school teacher yeah. or a nurse? Ew. Not at a gross. bachelorette party. Anyway. Quit your job before a bachelorette party. It wasn't Lucy's vibe. It was not no. my vibe. And so apparently there was just a consent, an unspoken consensus that all the gifts were lingerie and like cute nighties and shit. So mm-hmm. we're bo- she's opening her gifts and everyone like would they would pass around whatever she got. Mm, this no. is a nightmare. So everyone can touch your underwear before you wear it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. It was like kind of cute. Did COVID teach us nothing? <laughs> it was fairly conservative like negligees and shit. Mm-hmm. I got her a rhinestone studded ball gag. No! <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was straight up her alley. <laughs> and then when it came time to pass it around, everyone was like, you, no, I'm good. <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't pass my gift around. <laughs> bitch, not this person who hung out with teachers. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I left early. <laughs> I definitely, definitely never heard that story. <laughs> oh my god, my stomach <laughs> I can't even open my eyes. I'm laughing so hard. Holy fucking shit. Why? Like I I knew. Did you do that? Like a rhinestone ball gag. I thought it was a fun party and it was not really. (laughs) And then we got a a party bus and went to all these cowboy bars in suburban Omaha. That's amazing. Uh, All right. <laughs> wow. Well, that's 
you are insane. You and this person are insane. I didn't realize uh, how fucking conservative this party was going to be. I would buy anyone a Ryan, maybe Scott. I would buy Scott a rhinestone <laughs> ball gag. But a thousand percent. He probably already has one, but it's probably worn out. He needs a new one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this per- I'm just going to finish it up. This person says, I left shortly after that and never spoke to the bride again except for small talk <laughs> at work. Basically. <laughs> I feel you. I Ele- fucking feel you. <laughs> 11 years later, this story makes a great icebreaker. And sadly, while I didn't get any photos of the most embarrassing moment of my life, my friends make sure to tell me the dress code of any party I'm invited to. <laughs> Wear a shirt. <laughs> no <gasps> shoes, no pants, no service. <laughs> That's one of the best stories. Oh, my God. The confessions have been so fucking bomb today. I'm losing <laughs> it. My eyes are burning because I fell asleep <laughs> in my mascara and now I'm just cry laughing. You're crying it out of your eyeballs. All fucking morning. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I can't. Okay, well this next one is like a bit of a downer, but I'm still gonna read it. Okay. Oh god! Okay. <laughs> I guess balance is important. The title, my title that I gave it is My Mom Died, Sort Of. Oh. That's how I met your mother. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> My mom died, sort of. (laughs) What does it mean? Okay, so the worst thing I've ever done I did when I was four. It's kind Um, of a downer, so feel free to skip it. But I think it's funny, so also feel free to mock my creepy child self. Holy (laughs) shit. Okay. For context, my mother was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer when I was two. The doctors told her she would die and that any chemo or radiation would be just to extend her life but not save it. She bravely went through treatment to give my sibling and I as much time with her as possible. My parents Mm -hmm. also did an amazing job of preparing us for the fact that she was going to die. This is where the worst thing I've ever done comes in. I was in preschool, so one day I went to class and told everyone my mother had died. I walked around the whole day acting sad and not playing. And after school, my teachers called my dad and apologized for missing the funeral. Uh, They hadn't realized that my mother had passed away. My father informed them that my mother was still very much alive. um, (laughs) And I got sent to my room. (laughs) When he asked me why on earth I would tell people she had died, I told him I, quote, wanted to know what it would be like when it happened. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, my how my father God. didn't immediately put me in acting classes as an outlet, I will never understand. <laughs> but I did go on to be a theater teacher, so consider this my first experiment with acting. Cheers! Oh, my God. Oh, 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 <laughs> method acting. No. <laughs> oh, method. Uh. <laughs> Isn't that just... I'm sure the daycare people were like, uh, they just sent this kid here and didn't tell us that their mother died. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Acting sad and not playing all day, really committing to it. Sad. I can't. Oh, four-year-olds I are... killed my mom, kind of. Four-year-olds <laughs> are the funniest, man. They just have this whole inner world happening, and it's hysterical. Oh, yep, my God. It's their world. You are just living in it. 
<laughs> All oh right. So those are the God. headlines um, or the amazing. confessions. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I, I read emails. <laughs> I read emails. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> let's, let's take a quick break to bounce back from those emails. <laughs> and then we'll get to Corner Corner. Great. I love it. Okay. Are we ready for Corner Corner? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This first one was sent in by Christine, and this is from the New York Post. The headline reads, I had four pounds of my skin removed and turned it into human leather. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Did nope, I nope. send you this? I don't think so. Christine oh. did. Maybe you did. I may have also sent you this. Okay. I sent you something about skin. Whatever. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sure. Was it about a sun bear's butt skin? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) A UK woman redefined body art after revealing that she turned the four pounds of skin from her weight loss surgery into human leather. Mm. Quote, to others, this idea is bonkers and sounds really weird, but it came natural to me. Mm. Artist Katie Taylor, age 52, told Southwest News Service of her macabre memento. Mm Mm-hmm. The unusual self-preservation method was set in motion way back in 2004 after the mother of two was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes following the birth of her second child. Oh, no. In order to mitigate her symptoms, the fine arts PhD student embarked on a weight loss pilgrimage that saw her shed a whopping 84 pounds through the keto diet and weightlifting. Wow. Okay. After achieving her goal weight in March last year, the artist decided to get surgery to trim the loose, baggy skin from around her stomach, a common side effect of rapid pound shedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'd, no one no one has an issue up till now. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have an issue. Do you do you? <laughs> However, instead of pitching her surplus dermis in the garbage, she decided to incorporate it into her art, redefining the term body art. Mm. While this idea sounds like something skin-obsessed serial killer Ed Gein might have dreamt up, it was par for the course for Taylor, who frequently employs forensic anthropology and, quote, bodily aspects in her work. Oh, Yeah, well... She, of course, she's going to keep it. She's she's she going to keep she it. She's going to keep it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, I use materials that challenge what can and can't be done in my art, and I definitely have a bodily aspect to my work. The idea of bodies and the circularity of human remains or decomposition is part of my PhD project. So this fed into that quite nicely. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, okay. She's got a theory of the case. It's okay. I'm I'm back on board. <laughs> okay. So before the operation, the self-styled peel casso. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm back off board. It's, it's the New York I'm jump, Post. I'm jumping ship. It's the New York Post. She's she's lost me. Snip, snap, sip, snap. <laughs> snip, snap, snip, snap. Okay, Peel Casso even sent her mm-hmm. surgeon a two-page letter on why she wanted mm-hmm. to save her excess skin. She had to petition to save it? Maybe she just wanted to clarify. Okay. 
She cited the Human Tissue Act of 2004, BRB okay. while I researched that, <laughs> <laughs> as well as examples of other patients keeping post-op body parts, such as extracted liposuction fat. Yeah, she didn't want to risk the surgeon disregarding her wishes and throwing it away. Yeah. This, mm. is, have, this is being female- and dealing with the medical community. You have Are to you like, back on? Are you back I'm on back board? I'm back on. Okay. <laughs> snip, snap, snip. <laughs> <laughs> the hospital agreed on the condition that she pick it up following the procedure. Fortunately, mm. her friend was more than willing to oblige. Taylor says, quote, my amazing friend Catalina picked up the skin on her way home from work. Oh, my God. <laughs> she cycled back to my home with my skin in the front basket of her bike. Uh, she biked to work. <laughs> wow. From there, the Brit placed her four and a half pound piece of her stomach in saline solution where it stayed for nine months before she transferred it to the freezer. Quote, the freezer's not that big, so it was right next to the frozen berries. No. D- I. She's off. I'm off. She's off again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I've never, I have whiplash. (laughs) (laughs) She then struggled to figure out how to turn it into art, something that would no doubt look strange on a Google shirt. Babe, join the club. Taylor's initial attempts at extending her dermis's longevity fell flat. The flustered me cycler instead of recycler. No, no. She's off. Initially bought a tanning (laughs) kit that She she, she eventually threw out. Then she reached out to survival experts only to be turned away. (gasps) Yeah, imagine getting that email. Well, Lucy would engage with it. But anyone else, (laughs) imagine getting that email. Can it Uh, be an episode of Spooky Little Bitch? Do it. You reached out to this lady. Have her on. She eventually decided to do it herself and reached out to Teresa Emmerich Camper, a PhD in experimental archaeology, whatever the fuck that is. That's made up. Oh, with over 30 years experience in prehistoric skin tanning. Mm. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> She's Anatoly on. Moskvin. Yeah, the way we both were just like <laughs> From that. Nizhny uh, Novgorod. God. Oh my Why does God. that live in your brain? Oh, <laughs> I started a whole, I changed my whole life to tell the story of Anatoly Moskvin. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor traveled to Exeter in January, whereupon she stayed at a hotel near Teresa's house for a week whilst the two skin mavens completed their somewhat ghoulish-seeming art venture. Skin mavens. Uh, And they had a little girls' weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just puked in my mouth. (laughs) Did you? I swallowed it. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Quote, Teresa was absolutely amazing and so knowledgeable, gushed the cruelty-free leathersmith while describing literally tanning her own hide. We began by scraping the fat off the back and getting the membrane off. She added, then we soaked the skin in vegetable tanning solution whilst stirring and checking on it every day. So it did take like a week. Finally, finally, the dynamic duo stretched out her filet and lathered it with oil, literally putting the lotion on the skin before drying out the swatch in Teresa's tumble dryer. No! No. She's ruining her berries and her dryer. I'm off. (laughs) Back off. I'm off again. 
There are photos on the drive, which will be on the blog, but these photos show the it's it's titled Skin One and Skin Two. I oh might I might my. skip. I might <laughs> skip these. I might I'm not in a good enough place <laughs> mentally. It. You you do tell it. me if I can see these or not. I don't trust Lucy's um, assessment. Bad. Um I don't think they're that bad. That's um, why I don't trust Lucy's assessment, Amanda. I mean it's borderline. pretty bad. There's it's, a belly button. The belly oh, button no. is I don't think you would like this. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but it does remind me my sister and yeah, uh, the cousin JMO got those belly, hairy belly fanny packs <laughs> yeah, that they love. Exactly what it looks like. This like those a, swimsuits. This is a human <laughs> belly fanny pack. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm skin glad I one, asked. Skin one, you could handle. It's skin two that's just mm-hmm. not. It's just, it's because there's a, oh, mm-hmm. the fat still can, I can't. No. Yeah. It shows the really fresh specimen. Mm-mm. Uh, mm. uh, okay. <laughs> really, really glad I asked. Holy shit. Um, Funny you should mention the fanny pack. As of yet, Taylor is not sure what to do with her bronzed belly flesh. Perhaps make an organic belt, a skin suit, or a fanny pack. Nailed it. I mean, belt bags are really trendy still. Yeah. Crossbody. Crossbody belly bag. Oh, cross belly body bag. (laughs) 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 Although she says she might exhibit the piece of herself in the near future. She's reluctant to tamper with her extracted skin as it symbolizes her weight loss journey. Hmm. The stomach leather even has her C-section scar, stretch marks, and hair follicles. Quote, I thought I would do something with the skin, but I don't think I could cut into it now. I think I want it to stay in its shape because that's what shape it was when it came off of me. It's a reminder of where I came from, how I got to where I am today, and how incredible and resilient the human body is. Taylor is not quite as sentimental about the excess stomach fat, which she rendered down and sent to a tattoo ink maker. There is a picture of the jar of, fa- of fat. You don't I see have the jar. to use everything. She's an artist. <laughs> oh, so she might have the, ta- the the fat made into ink to get a tattoo. <laughs> that doesn't sound safe. This isn't the first time someone has dedicated themselves to their art in this way. In 2019, Ohio morticians went viral after offering a skin crawling way to memorialize the deceased, which I don't think is that fucking weird. Slicing swatches of tattooed skin from their corpses and turning it into artwork for their loved ones. I think that was cool. Oh. Amanda would have a bunch to choose from that's a lot I, to work with you could raffle yeah, that off i really could mm-hmm. i really could yeah. don't think i haven't thought about it because <laughs> i have thought about it okay so that was something something yep next that was something i have a girthy obituary area for us Kay. this month it's a three-parter Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. So this first part is brought to us by Kate F., who works as a grief services coordinator for a local hospice. And she says it's the best job she's ever had. Okay. Um, and she also teaches workshops on how to write a good obituary. Nice. So here are some tips from Kate. Okay. So here we go. 
When writing your own obituary or helping a loved one write theirs, it's important to focus on a few key things. So number one, what is the purpose of the obituary? Is it to be part of the historical record, to raise awareness for a cause? Maybe they died of like some weird rare disease mm, okay to ins- to inspire others to change their local communities the way the deceased did or to thank loved ones or to honor their memory or any combination of the above okay Obituaries can be so much more than just a biographical sketch. I've learned that with older generations, they find having that family tree to be vital and they always want to include names and relationships. That is very, very useful for genealogists down the line, Mm -hmm. I will say. If you want to be a part of the historical record, obits are really important. The second half of the sentence reads, which can certainly help with later genealogy research. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. I must say. (laughs) Since no one else is saying it. Yep. I will add. It must be noted. (laughs) For the record. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's fucking funny. Gather names ahead of time if possible. If you or your loved one died of a, like I said, a rare or maybe not so rare disease and you want the world to work harder to help people with the same affliction, tell them that. It is incredible to me the amount of civic work many older adults in my local community have done. Honestly, they're always volunteering. Yeah. They're always teachers or nurses. Makes me sick. Uh, On call, (laughs) not drinking. Give me a break. (laughs) Fucking loser. Maybe if they were a little more lubed up, they would have thought the ball gag was funny. Passed around the ball gag. Right? Ugh. Could have been a necklace. Get a life. (laughs) Get a life. Get a necklace. Oh, my God. Okay, many people will say not to make a fuss after they're dead, but newsflash, all that stuff that happens after you're dead is for the living to help with their grief process. So let people make a fucking fuss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number two, ask good questions. Writing an obituary can be a great conversation starter. (laughs) (laughs) If people have a fucking sense of humor about it. Right. Get alive. Okay. Get alive. (laughs) Grow up. <laughs> I really love questions as what's your such as what's your superpower? What's something people are always surprised to learn about you? If you weren't at work, where could you be found most days? Or something as basic as when people remember you, which three words do you want to come to mind? Okay, this mm. is you can't just recycle icebreakers and can't dating dating profile questions for your obit. What is an mm. obit if not a brief interview with someone? I can, oh my I guess. God. You may have never known that someone felt their superpower was always remembering when family members' birthdays were blortney, despite never writing them down. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, she's incredible she's with crazy. that. The superpower one does get tricky if someone says baking was their superpower when others would disagree. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I love the awkward. Su- I love the surprising question because okay, I feel targeted in this. Oh, yeah? Because you know that every time you said you grew up as a six-year-old being ferried from Minnesota to Iowa with a family friend who was a truck driver. Wait, what? Are you joking? <laughs> That's what she she wrote it for me. So it's about oh, me. Oh, okay. I was oh, like, oh, my um, God. I thought you had I just a- got really scared. <laughs> 
Has this happened to more than one person? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> you have to meet this person. Okay. So, you know, every time you mentioned that, people's eyes would get wide. But those trips were fun for you. I was shocked to learn that one of my volunteers at hospice was a published author several times over. And then the where could you be found most days one is more of a conversational way of asking about hobbies. So if mm-hmm. they could always be found with a fishing rod in hand, what did they use for bait? What type of fish did they catch? Dig deeper. Yeah, it's the details. You're painting a picture. Mm-hmm. Hobbies have such an outsized influence on obit it's writing. It's so really true. annoying. <laughs> and they're so boring. I don't Like, why care. do we have to care so much about your hobbies? Yeah. Well, for so- especially for no. older people, it's the only thing they fucking do. Whatever. I don't care. They're dead. I'm the one who has to be entertained by their obit. Do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The obits are Bye. for the living. You just said. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you just said it. Make it exciting. <laughs> fucking yeah. make obits great again. My hobbies are <laughs> mahjong on my phone. Yeah. I'm putting that in your obit, though. Unwinding. Unwinding. <laughs> <laughs> where could you be found most days when not working you can't find me i'm always working (laughs) goodbye alone just sitting alone blissfully alone soaking in the solitude thinking about my next meal oh always i am always thinking about my next meal i am so hungry ever since the pig butts okay Number three, remember, it's your story as in the subject of the obit. An obit doesn't have to be written in third person. You can write it in the first person. It's a great place to remind the world of what and who were important to you. This means you get to include all the family members, even the pets. Please include the pets. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If you don't want that first marriage acknowledged, then don't include it. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Mm -hmm. You can swear in it. Mildly, maybe best. Yeah, (laughs) right. I'm ripping so many I'm going to fucking go off. (laughs) And (laughs) another thing. And another fucking thing. (laughs) Goodbye, cruel world. It must be said. (laughs) It must. (laughs) I am going to write my own obit and just use it to tear everyone the fuck apart from beyond the grave. (laughs) And another thing. <laughs> oh my god, you can share your famous meatball recipe you've always said you'd take to the grave, but if you want, you can even continue to leave just one ingredient out so they'll never taste quite as good. Mm. Love it. Oh, that's Patty. I love that. You can write it in the way that you spoke to people. You can work to make people laugh while reading it. You also get to select the picture that will run alongside the obit. So crucial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Helen definitely picked her photo. Mm-hmm. Young, my, hot Helen. My mom's not old Helen. Favorite photo of her on her obituary wall on by the back desk. Mm-hmm. Is it the clown the lady? Clown lady. God damn it! And yep. it's a or no, that was the clown lady. And then there was another one where it's this person that just looks so solemn. It's just like the most plain oh picture God, yes. of a neutral faced person, <laughs> and it said like so and so. Picture, picture here, here in her, her favorite, favorite photo, photo of herself. <laughs> <laughs> she, it's got the, it, the the photo looks like she's going terrible. Yeah. 
It's neutral edging towards sour face. It's so fucking funny. It's her favorite photo of herself. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, this That's says, amazing. I have a coworker who is so perturbed by families that run high school graduation pictures with obits for octogenarians. <laughs> But if that's, <laughs> that's your preference, Alan then did. go for it. <laughs> that's what Alan did. So, <laughs> I kind of get it. It's not her high school graduation photo, but it is a photo from when she was like m- maybe 25, 30 years old. Yeah, she's like, look how hot I used to be. Exactly. When yeah, my it, when Zach's grandma goes, she's a thousand oh, percent going to put up a photo of her just being an absolute smoke show at like 26. Yeah. I would. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. I think this just means specifically like a high school, gra- like, oh, that's the moment you peaked. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm hmm. I I am all for an older photo of like you in your prime, mm-hmm. yeah, looking hot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always have to be a picture of an old you like the week before you died. Yeah, that's, no <laughs> yeah, one I'm needs not, to see I'm that. I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, this that's how it. you want people to remember you. Like no. If, for all of eternity. If someone dies like prematurely, like in their like in their middle age, we should have like a like a like an aged photo. Progression. Progre- progressive <laughs> oh, photo. God. I don't consent to that. And I'm probably gonna die first. So have you guys seen Put that app filter over it? Have you no! guys seen that TikTok or whatever of like the really like classically handsome man being doing the age progression thing and being like wow I just I did not I'm not gonna age yeah and then it's stitched to people (laughs) that are just look like fucking goblins in it (laughs) they're like okay fuck you guy guy he just goes Uh fuck you you. (laughs) I look like a witch (laughs) yeah send it to me I haven't seen that that fucking filter should be illegal (laughs) okay number four anyone regardless of age can write their own obituary we don't recommend this as an activity for children but I remember writing my first one at an academic summer camp Kenyon when I was maybe a sophomore in high school if you're younger and have no reason to suspect an imminent death, it can be helpful to write two. One as if you were to die tomorrow and the other as more aspirational as if you were to die at 100. Writing Aww. writing your own obit does not mean you'll die soon. You'll be amazed at how often I have to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I could see someone thinking that it's a little... Risky, macabre, a little dark. (laughs) All right, I'm sending the TikTok that I just told you guys about. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Okay, lastly, number five, do your research. Whoa, I just burped. Not really, because I can't burp. (sighs) Do your research. Find existing obits that you enjoyed reading. To some, obviously not us, this may seem like a macabre hobby, but it's a fantastic (laughs) way to learn about people and make the whole subject a bit easier to broach when talking with family. Oh, my mm. God. Writing my mom's obit is going to be such a fucking blast. Ooh, the pressure, <laughs> oh, though. Oh, but, yeah, no. it'll be really good. <laughs> oh, my God. We should include a line about she loved the brand new song. Uh, <laughs> Laffy Taffy. <laughs> no, no, what's the one? That oh. fucking <laughs> is out of my out of head. head fastball. Fucking fastball. What fucking song Laffy, is that? It's called Out of My Head. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she discovered Have that you guys 20 heard this years new after song? it's released. It came out. 22 years 22 fucking years ago. 
<laughs> she loves shit. it. She loves it so much. I might need to play it at the wedding. And it's only like two and a half minutes long, so she'll play it like three times in a row. Three times in a you row. You have to play it at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DJ play it twice in a row. But first, I have to have a kitchen table pulled out to the middle of the dance floor so we can dance around it. I'll bring crutches. Crutches to clap. God. Oh, my God. Okay. Having a fun one, as in a fun obit, to lead off with allows the focus to shift to a more hypothetical lens at first. At the end of the day, the best obits are the ones that leave you wishing you knew the person in life and have typically been penned by the dead person or a loved one with whom they wrote in conjunction. Mm. Helen gave us an obit and I went, no, (laughs) this won't do. This won't do. She was too dead to fight me on it. So I completely (laughs) wrote a new one. (laughs) I used steamrolled your dead grandma. She gone. I basically wrote my grandpa's obit too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overall, conversations about writing obits are a great opportunity to to even mention more aspects of advanced planning, i.e. touring a graveyard to find a plot you like, like it matters if you like it, right? or designating a healthcare proxy, definitely important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a well-written obit allows for peace of mind uh, at what people will be reading af- about you after your death. It's also a fantastic way for your family to honor you and let you know how much you meant to them and how they will always remember you before you're dead. Sure. Yeah. So I have two fantastic obits to read that followed uh, Kate's instructions. Okay. The first one, Eva Mondon. Eva Mondon. Mm. Eva Mondon died peacefully on July 7th, 2023. Using the VSED method, which you'll figure out what that is right now she chose to stop eating and drinking on july 1st as a way to find relief from the suffering caused by rheumatoid arthritis finally allowing her ravaged body to take precedence over her incredible lust for life this woman had to starve starve herself it's a thing people do vse i mean i'm gonna google yeah i've heard of like the elderly or people who are about to die just stopping eating but this just seems it's really called, sad. It stands for voluntary stopping eating and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. People do that. Oh my god. It's still sad. I mean, That's imagine so if sad. imagine if we had, uh, you know, better assisted suicide, and she could yeah. have not had to die like that. Anyway, okay, mm-hmm. moving on. Oh my. Well, god. she sounds fucking rad. So. That the, the way that she died, I think, adds to how cool she sounded. Yeah. Okay. okay. Eva was a spirited and inspiring presence in Putney, wherever Putney is, for 54 years, and her absence will be acutely felt by her community. There was no one like her. The youngest of eight siblings raised in a house without indoor plumbing, Eva was born in Bartow, Florida, July 16th, 1941, a cancer. I said that she didn't. She never knew her mother, Elizabeth Ham Mondon, who was institutionalized shortly after Eva was born. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. She was fortunate to be mothered by her older sisters since her father, Dota Gorton Mondon, or wow. Gort. Okay, Gort. He, he went by Gort. Oh, That no. is the most tragic name. Nickname. Dota. When the best choice is Gort. Dota Gorton. Dota Gorton Monden. 
Yeah. That's not a name. That's, those are barely syllables. Well, <laughs> apparently he was a, quote, scary man. Mm. I grew up barefoot and feral, climbing trees, avoiding adults. I didn't want any of them touching me. She, oh. sco- she shot fox squirrels and gray squirrels with a twenty-two to help feed the family. Her- Where does this get funny? Yeah, this is just this traumatic. Is, this I didn't is say just it was funny. Trauma after trauma. Oh my god. She this gets better. Woman. She gets better and starts right now. Her father repaired her shoes with bits of copper wire, which was useful in drawing blood from the shins of boys who humiliated her at school for her poverty and for wearing feed sack dresses made by her aunt. Holy shit. That, that's some level of poverty that we will never know. No. No. Quote, early on, I knew I was a lesbian. I had no interest in yes, boys. Girl. But okay. the girls mostly laughed at me because we were so poor. The impossibility of coming out as gay in rural Florida in the very early 60s launched Eva into a trajectory aimed at leaving her roots far behind. After graduating from Florida State in Tallahassee, she went to Alaska to work with native and and homesteading elementary school children from 1963 to 65 as a volunteer in service to America or VISTA volunteer. Damn. And she stayed on after experiencing the shattering Anchorage earthquake of 1964. The shit that this person lived through. Seriously, Mm -hmm. she is a fucking survivor. Yeah. After Vista, she enlisted in the Peace Corps and spent two life-changing years in West Africa, where she learned to make the addictive peanut stew that she sneaked onto the menu 20 years later when she was the lunch chef at Saxton's River Inn. Oh my god, amazing. Yum. Not wanting to return to the mainland U.S. after Africa, she took a job in the Virgin Islands before returning briefly to Florida to complete the math and science requirements for a master's degree in arts and education at Florida A&M, a historically black college in Tallahassee. Later on, she joined an international brigade cutting sugarcane in Cuba. What the fuck? What? Her politics were formed by seeing the effects of poverty everywhere she went in her travels and by encountering the world as a lesbian. In, wow. ni- in 1969, she came to Putney to finish her master's at, at Antioch, New England, earning her degree in 71. Quote, I found freedom in Vermont. It was a safe place to come out. The people were wonderful. But there were no jobs in Vermont public schools for out lesbians at that point. So she began her career at Putney Daycare, memorably shaping the lives of hundreds of wide-eyed toddlers and young children who regarded her with awe and adoration. What? I love this part. To a two-year-old who was trying to smuggle home a daycare doll when it fell out from beneath her dress, Eva said, <laughs> Eva said, Look, if you're going to steal something, do it right. Stick it in <laughs> stick it in your underwear and you'll get away clean. Fucking duh. But bring it back tomorrow, hear me? <laughs> Thank you, Eva. Love her. She lived with her first great love, Joanne Golden, at Alice Hallway's West Hill Boarding House, then in an apartment over the Putney daycare. In the mid-70s, she and Joanne formed a menage with Marianne Amster in the house they built called Meadow Ark in oh. Westminster West. Fuck yes. They oh, did. my God. They, like, had a collective daughter named Gabrielle Amster, quote, our daughter, 
came into Eva's life and has remained central, a source of pride and deep affection. How fucking cool. Yeah. Obsessed. She just was like, I am going to shape my own destiny yeah. and live my life exactly how I want. Eva was a genius at friendship. One often left a conversation with her a better person. She expected a lot of herself and being her friend meant allowing her to feel entitled to expect a lot of you, too. She was a stone cold bitch, but people, but she was loyal to her friends. <laughs> That's what that means. Translation. Translation. She was a major fucking cunt, but she was a good time too. If she liked you, she loved you. And if she didn't like you, uh, run. <laughs> At her core, Eva was deeply empathic, wanting most of all to encourage growth and happiness among the large and diverse community of people she loved. She remained charismatically magnetic despite her battle with constant pain, and part of missing her will be missing so many random encounters with fascinating people at her home. Too impatient to wait for reincarnation, Eva lived several lifetimes concurrently. Yeah, I'd say so. When first in Putney, she had a sideline as lawn woman, <laughs> driving from job to job in her beat up VW bug with her lawn boy mower riding shotgun where the passenger seat used to be. Yes. What? <laughs> Took the passenger seat right out to make room for the lawn boy. Yeah. Later, Loving it. Later, she was a fearless EMT first responder and was privileged to serve with the Westminster Fire Department. What the fuck? Wow. After co- becoming certified, she devoted herself to body and energy work. Okay, this these are their words, not mine. A dyke on the make for some years before publicly <laughs> proclaiming her celibacy, Eva became a faithful Quaker at Putney Meeting where she was a, quote, released friend for 10 years working with traumatized survivors of abuse. I don't know what a lot of that means, but... That was word salad, but I'm here for it. She became a Quaker. She called the Quakers, quote, the bones of social work in this country. The Quakers are pretty amazing if you actually uh, can do it. I get Quakers and Shakers confused. Shakers are really... (laughs) They're insane. Very different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A role model for the value in deepening one's self-awareness as a means of getting the most out of life and a student of Thich Nhat Hanh, who gave Eva the Dharma name True Welcome, and a member of his order of interbeing. The center of so much generous attention from her community when she needed it, an enduring example of how to love the world and treasure its people vigorously while living with a progressive illness. She loved to hand out her card, like her business card, which reads, Eva Mondan, storytelling, matchmaking, advice sought and unsought, (laughs) advisor to the lifelorn, word of mouth. Hmm. All right, I'm looking up the released friend thing, and apparently it's like a big deal honor. Mm. Mm. So, quote, Friends over the years have recognized the special leadings of certain people and have designated them as released friends. A released friend is one, quote, who's leading to carry out a particular course of action has met with approval from a meeting, which then promises to provide such support as would enable the friend to follow that leading. It's 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 like they get like a calling basically from God and they they go to their group and they're like I've had this calling 
And the group is like, yeah, you have had this calling. And that we're, makes perfect sense. We're going to do what Go we can God. to Let's support you. you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dang. Doesn't she sound fucking rad? Rad. She does. She's unbelievable. Yeah. So there's a picture of her. It's kind of grainy, but she's working. She's got a shovel in her hand and her shirt's kind of dirty and she's got a big smile <laughs> on her face. <laughs> oh, my God. God bless her. Okay, I have one more open. It's short and very sweet. And this was sent in by Cassie. Mm. Sporty Bender passed away <laughs> at Brockway Veterinary Hospital on Wednesday morning, <laughs> July 19th, 2023, at the age of 21 years and eight months. She's wow. like, this is a cat. She's a cat. I, fi- okay. I figured. Yep. <laughs> she is survived by her parents, Jess and Luke of St. Mary's, siblings Spaz, Furball, Barry, Titus, and Othello of St. Mary's, and son Mittens uh, Iberson of Osceola Mills. <laughs> That's so funny. She is preceded in death by her sister, Lily. That's so yeah. sweet to name all the pa- the parents and siblings and I know. children <laughs> of a cat. I know. Sporty lived a full, well well-loved life she enjoyed spending time outdoors and in her younger days could often be found laying in the road um (laughs) how'd um, she die yeah (laughs) i don't know she was a thousand in cat years (laughs) she was fierce and fearless sporty was a fun spunky tortoise shell who didn't really care for her siblings and wasn't afraid to (laughs) let them know Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Even in old age, after she lost her eyesight, she was known to dish out the skippity paps. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to steal that, aren't you? Yes. That's my favorite part of this whole open. Skippity paps. shit. That's exactly what they are. She was no known to dish zoomies. out the skippity paps. It's just skippity paps from here on out. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Ghostface dishes the skippity paps to Ray. So does pepperoni. The skippity paps. She dishes to the floor and carpet at like 3 a.m. What? <laughs> Why? She gets the midnight, the middle of the night zoomies. Gets the skippity pap. She just slaps the floor. <laughs> gets very slappy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Slap happy. It's really cute. <laughs> While she may not have cared a great deal for her siblings, she really loved her people. Sporty found great contentment in sleeping in bed right next to her mom's head. Just like Ghostface. She enjoyed cuddles and being held, sometimes even demanding it. She liked her heating pad, naps, lickables, and catnip treats. I also like my ex- heating pad, naps, naps and lickables. And lickables. <laughs> and she treats. sounds exactly like ghosts. This I know. Is, if you want to know what my hobbies are it's cuddles being held <laughs> demanding things and my naps. Had naps and lickables <laughs> lickables <laughs> ice cream yum and unlike many of her ilk she enjoyed the vacuum oh she was probably deaf Oh. After losing her sight, she continued to climb anything within reach and didn't care if she took a tumble. She was tough. Her spirit was strong, but her aging body gave no quarter and it was time to let her go. I don't know what that means. Sporty was a sweet, sweet girl and will be missed tremendously. In accordance with her family's wishes, cremation will take place. Memorial contributions may be made to Elk County Humane Society in St. Mary's, PA. Normalize Cute. writing and publishing full obits for your pets. Yeah, if they weren't so fucking expensive, 
Yeah. Uh, it would, I think way more people would do it. This was on legacy.com. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, maybe newspapers, that'd be a great source of funding. They could have a mm-hmm. pet obit section and they could be priced a little bit cheaper than regular obits and they would make some money. People would mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And so, oh, absolutely. Someone that I used to work with wrote and edited. She was in charge of the obituary section for her small town newspaper. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, you lucky bitch. It's my dream job. Seriously. Anyway, R.I.P. Sporty Bender and also Sporty. Eva Mondon. And your Skippity Paps. Skippity Paps. <laughs> Skippity Paps is perfect. Also, I oh. went to look at the photo of Eva and I accidentally saw the belly button skin photo. So, God yeah, damn it. Yeah, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard out here. It's rough. <laughs> well, that wraps us up. Over Thank here God. at the corpse cart. We'll see you next month. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!